Episode 51. What is Divine Providence? With so many troubling things happening in our world, and in particular in our country, it might be a good time to reflect on what God's providence is and what it means. We often hear people say, trust in God's providence as providential care. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, says we know that in everything, God works for good for those who love him. Christ himself in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, tells us, Don't be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, etc. So, we hear often that God has care of things and that we shouldn't worry, but there are so many things that are evil that happen, so many things that cause us worry, we might find ourselves doubting his providence or maybe being unclear on what it means. Let's first point out a couple erroneous ideas of providence. And the first one would be the idea that providence refers to God trying to free us from as much, as many personal problems as possible, that God's providence is really seen when we escape some discomfort or some suffering, that God's providence is to ensure that everyone is kind and that our purpose on earth is to be happy and uh, feel good. It's kind of this uh, very banal idea of Christianity in general that holds sway in a lot of minds today, that God is there to ensure my personal happiness. And heaven, yeah, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Everyone's going to heaven. And providence is just to keep me from suffering, keep me from any problems. That, that of course, is not the case. You'll find nothing like that in scripture anywhere. In fact, you'll find quite the opposite, that we, we are to expect a lot of suffering and a lot of evil in this world. Another erroneous idea that a lot of people have is more akin to like fate or karma, that there's this energy or force that kind of brings about justice or brings about certain ends without our cooperation, that things happen by fate and not by providence in the sense that there's just this plan that happens whether or not I cooperate or I freely engage in following God's will or not. Uh, that, of course, is wrong. We hold our freedom, our free wills, to be inviolable. God never transgresses our freedom, even if we use it to oppose him. So those are two main errors people have about providence that, number one, it's mainly for my happiness here below to keep me from suffering and to make sure I feel good about myself and to make sure that I'm successful. And two, uh, that it's kind of just a, a plan that is just like a vague force that makes things happen whether or not I will or don't will certain things. So let's look at a few definitions of what providence, divine providence really is. An author I suggested before uh, named Antonio Parente has a theological dictionary and defines divine providence in this way, quote, the plan conceived in the mind of God, according to which he directs all creatures to their proper end. It is a part of prudence and refers mainly to the means to be chosen with reference to the end. It precedes the government of things, which is the practical execution of providence, end quote. So what that means basically is that while we're saying providence in normal conversation, we're really referring to what is God's governance. Providence is land as it exists in the mind of God from all eternity. Governance is it's actually playing out in history. Uh, he continues, the reasons for this. A, there is in the world an order and a tendency to the end, but this order, like all cosmic reality, must pre-exist intentionally in the mind of the first cause. B, God is not only the efficient cause, but also the final cause of all things, and as such, must have conceived the means of directing back to himself as to their supreme end, all created things." End quote. 
So what this means is, since we've already shown that God is the creator of all things, the intelligent creator of all things, that he created things as we do when we make things or when we carry out certain actions, we always do it with an end or a goal in mind. So when God created all things, he did so with a goal in mind, so to speak, that all things were directed to a particular end or goal or purpose. So of course, providence is something that follows directly from that. We believe God has a plan for all of creation and all of history because he, an intelligent personal creator, did something. Whenever we carry out an action as intelligent agents, we do so with an end and God being all wise did so, of course, with all of the means in mind. And that's basically what providence is, that God foresees, so to speak, even though God doesn't experience time like we do, but in a manner of speaking, God foresees the end for which he created all things and implemented the means to bring all of creation to that end. And in that definition, it says that, that God isn't only the first cause, but he's the final cause of the universe. And that means God is the reason for which he created. So God created all things for himself. So providence is his eternal immutable plan by which he brings all of his creation to fulfillment by directing creation, and in particular man, to himself. So God's providence encompasses all of creation from the greatest to the least things that exist. It's not just this nice little wink that God gives man in his daily life where something works out and so we say oh that was god's providence he was helping me out no god's providence is much more profound and all-encompassing than that god's providence directs all of the galaxies god's providence directs all inanimate creatures all animate creatures all rational creatures everything from the immensity of space down to a single electron as we know god is the creator of all things absolutely speaking, both time and space and everything contained therein. So nothing escapes his providence. God holds all things in existence. As St. Augustine says, God is more intimate to us than we are to ourselves, meaning God directs and sustains our inmost being, and he does so for all of creation. And what the providential fulfillment of, say, inanimate creation means, it's not exactly clear. We know that there will be a new heavens and a new earth, but the goal of non-rational creation, that is things that aren't human or angelic, is to glorify God or lead us to God in some way. The rest of creation's existence in the fulfillment of time, we don't really know what that looks like, but creation is still for God. It is to lead us back to God and to itself be glorified in some way. So with that in mind, that God sustains all things in existence and that God created all things for a particular end and that God from all eternity had his providential plan and it is unchangeable, then we can see that in everything that happens every day, God's providence is present. But the trouble we run into here, at least in our weak minds, is that we tend to think because God has this immutable, unchangeable plan, for all of creation, then perhaps, I guess, my free will is an illusion. Why, why do I bother praying? Because God's plan is already in place. The key here is understanding that God foreknows all things. And again, foreknowledge is just a way of speaking because God is outside of time, so there's no before or after. 
But from our perspective, God foreknows all things, foresees all things, some of them as necessary, which he in his infallible will has willed to be so, but some as unnecessary, we say contingent, that is they can or cannot be, things that depend upon free will, for example. So God foresees things, not setting aside our free will, but including our free will or involving those things that we choose by our free will. doesn't make it any less free. Just because God foreknows it doesn't mean that God causes it in a way that it couldn't be otherwise. We really do freely choose this or that, but God in his providence knows what we choose and his providential plan includes that. So as, as one person has said, for us not to pray because God foreknows what will happen is like not walking because God knows we will get there eventually or not eating because God knows we will not starve to death. It's not that God's foreknowledge forces us to do something. God's foreknowledge just includes all of our free choices. He foresees both the end and the means, whether they're necessary or contingent means. And many of those means are our free choices. One example to illustrate this always comes to mind whenever I'm thinking about providence is the case of St. Monica. It'd be like saying all, all that praying that St. Monica did was pointless because in God's providence, St. Augustine was always going to convert and become a great saint. Well, that's not true. God's providence for St. Augustine included the freely offered prayers and persistent prayers of St. Monica. In fact, even in the the collect or the, the opening prayer of the mass on the feast day of St. Monica even refers to St. Monica's prayers as moving God. Now, of course, that's just a figure of speech, but what it does really mean is that, that St. Monica's intercession was a contingent means involved in God's providence and in particular in God's special providence for St. Augustine and his sanctity. Now, this is hard for us to get our minds around because it seems like if God has some unchangeable plan, then that excludes free will. But that's simply because we falsely attribute time to God as if he knows, quote unquote, beforehand what I'm going to do. But God doesn't know before and then force us to do something. God simply knows all of reality and all of history in his providential plan. And that providential plan encompasses all things that happen. And in the realm of things that happen, are our free choices. God's providence is unchangeable, not because it's like fate, and no matter what we do, we're going to, at a certain point, commit this particular action because it was in God's plan, but God's plan is what it is because we do certain things freely, and those are means that God uses to bring about the fulfillment of his providential plan. So it's not as if God has a plan and then we do some free thing and then God says, oops, got to change this because they threw off my plan. No, God's providence encompasses from beginning to end of all of creation, all things that happen. So this is why God can account for our sin. In a sense, we can say that sin threw off God's plan, quote unquote, because in God's absolute will, when he created all things, he didn't intend death or, or sin, obviously. But of course he foreknew those things because he knew all things that happen in history, in creation. And Adam's sin and all subsequent sin was part of that. So in God's absolute will, he created all things good without any absolute will of death or sin, but his providence still included bringing creation to fulfillment despite those things, or rather even by means of those things in the sense that God can 
bring good even out of evil. St. Thomas's words on this are helpful. He says, quote, Since God then provides universally for all being, it belongs to his providence to permit certain defects in particular things that the perfect good of the universe may not be hindered. For if all evil were prevented, much good would be absent from the universe. A lion would cease to live if there were no slaying of animals. There would be no patience of martyrs if there were no tyrannical persecution. Thus Augustine says, Almighty God would in no wise permit evil to exist in his works, unless he were so almighty and so good as to produce good even from evil. So a really profound explanation of the problem of evil, which troubles many people. If God is all good and God is all powerful, how does he allow evil to exist? We'd expect that uh, an infinitely benevolent and an infinitely powerful God would want to prevent evil and would have the power to do so, but since evil exists, then maybe God is not either of those or God doesn't exist. But St. Thomas's explanation is really helpful. God doesn't cause or will evil. That's impossible because it's a defect in being and God is infinite being. But God permits it, first of all, because of our freedom. God respects our freedom till the very end. And also because if God prevented all evil, then certain greater goods would not exist. And he mentions, for example, the witness of the martyrs, but most of all, of course, the incarnation of Christ, that God actually came to, entered his own creation, took on our human form, which you might say is a greater good than if Adam had never sinned and was united with God as he was. You can make the argument, as other saints have, and fathers of the church have, that as we say in the Easter Vigil, O happy fault, O necessary sin of Adam, that won for us so great a Redeemer, that had Adam not sinned, not that God willed him to sin, but had Adam not sinned, we would not have had the greater, almost incomprehensible good of the incarnation of Christ. So God didn't will sin or death, but when sin and death happened, God's providence provided the means to an even greater good. That's why we always need to have some perspective when we're considering providence. We might think, well, God's providence isn't real because this or that bad thing has happened to me, or look at all the evil in the world. But consider how God's knowledge encompasses all things. We might have said up until the, the time of our redemption in Christ, we say, how could God in his providence allow all of this sin, you know, from the sin of Adam all the way up through human history, all of the carnage, all of the evil, moral evil and physical evil that happened, how could God have allowed that? Why didn't God's plan prevent Adam's sin? We would literally have had no answer to that. We would say, it doesn't seem possible that God could have had any reason to allow these certain things to happen. There are all of the evil that befell, in particular, his chosen people, and all the evil that happened in human history. If we would have said that during all of human history, before the time of Christ, we would have been so mistaken because we didn't know the entirety of God's providential plan. We only knew our small part in it, and we lacked the transcendent view that saw the greater good that was actually being brought about. Similarly, at our point in history, we might say, look at all the evil in our world. It seems like things are getting so much worse. Well, first of all, we have to consider, yes, God does allow things for our punishment, even here in this life, but also this might be preparing for some even greater good that we can't at this point in our lives or this point in history even imagine because we lack God's infinite knowledge and we lack the perspective of the Lord of all history. 
All of this to say that the typical understanding of providence is way too superficial, way too self-centered, way too impatient, and discounts the infinite wisdom of God, which surpasses our understanding. You know, a, a usual example that's given is you take your take an animal to get some procedure done that is painful for the animal. The animal is incapable of understanding the greater good that's being brought about by what you're doing for it. And similarly, we experience pain and suffering and we have no comprehension of the good that God, that God is bringing about or can bring about from that suffering or from an evil that is done to us. So it's very important that we trust in divine providence, always abandon ourselves to divine providence, but not make the mistake of thinking that we ought to understand God's divine providence. We do not have that ability here in this life. When we, God willing, get to heaven, we can look back and see how everything that happened was, was in some way turned for our good by God. But here below, we can't expect to understand providence. So just because some evil happened or just because evil seems to be increasing, we should not, for that reason, abandon our faith in providence because we can see in the past that God triumphs, of course, even over the greatest evils. Thank you for listening to Catholic Daily Brief. Please become a member at patreon.com slash catholicdailybrief and share this podcast with your family members and friends. God bless.